0: Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is John Van Lunen, and you are listening to Treasures of the Outer Banks, episode 27. In this episode, I had the pleasure to talk to the guys that own Kill Devil Rum. It is a distillery in Manio, and these guys are doing an awesome job there. But before I get into the interview, I want to talk to you real quick about some history of Kill Devil Rum. There's legend that says that Kill Devil Hills was named after a rum that was so strong it could kill the devil and there's probably a lot of truth to that because the Outer Banks being along a popular trade route between Points North and the Caribbean, there was a lot of rum that was being exported out of Jamaica. Jamaica used to have one of the biggest ports called Port Royal, which since then has been swallowed up by an earthquake in 1692, but back then they had a Rum Punch Kill Devil, which was the drink of choice there, which was so strong it could knock you unconscious for hours if it didn't kill you. So that is where the Kill Devil Rum kind of came into being. There's a good chance that's how the name Kill Devil Hills came into being. And these guys at Kill Devil Rum Distillery in Manio are kind of just picking up that flag and running with it. Uh, I can promise you that this version of Kill Devil Rum is probably a lot friendlier than the original version in the 1600s. It probably won't knock you unconscious unless you really wanted to. We had a lot of fun sitting around the bar talking about what they're doing. So sit back and enjoy. So, Scott, thanks for sitting down with me. Uh, go ahead and introduce uh, the rest of the crew here.
1: All right. So um, I'm Scott Smith. I'm one of the owners of Outer Banks Distilling. Uh, also sitting here is Matt Newsom, uh, one of our business partners. Hello. Uh, we also have two guys that are not on the podcast, uh, Adam Ball and Kelly Bray. Uh, that's our, our four owners, our owner group, we can say. Excellent.
0: And then in the background here, we have Matt
1: Joyner, our beverage director. Okay. He might be piping in here and there.
0: Excellent, <laughs> and, so, and so how do you divvy up the uh, roles?
1: Everybody's got their own, uh, their own niche, I'd say. You know, we're four, four very, I'd say, very unique people. We're all different people, different backgrounds, different aspects of life. Um, I mainly focus on sales, uh, outside sales of from here, uh, all our distribution avenues.
2: I do, I mainly do the retail uh, and some of the online marketing and kind of social media stuff and help out with the bar. And, and do you sell retail online as well? Yes, powderbanksdistilling.com. Excellent. Excellent. Good plug. There you go. And then we
1: also <laughs> have uh, Adam and Kelly, they're, uh, they're really good at what they do in production aspects. So they kind of go back and forth with each other on uh, working out recipes, distillation, all the fermentation, everything is done on site uh, and cleared through them. Uh, everything we do, so they're they're mainly back of the house. We call it. Okay.
0: Yep. So I recall, and I think back then the DMV was right across the street, and I saw this building, beautiful building. I love this location, and the brick is just so cool. Uh, I love how you guys have incorporated your business in here, and I kind of poked my nose in here when you guys were breaking ground and, and said hi, and uh, I thought that was really cool. But it, you know, it makes me think. So at some point you guys were probably sitting around a table, maybe you were drinking, maybe you weren't. I don't know. and and you decided to come up with this idea. So between you know, between coming up with the idea and actually opening the doors, how long was that process? It
1: wasn't as long as you think, really. So we actually formed the LLC on March 27th, 2013, and it met the the four of us who were working at the brewing station. maybe yeah. a year. Yeah. We really, were kind
2: of meeting wow. at Kelly's house that's that's
0: once or twice yeah. a week. Did you find it was was there a big hoop with getting a distillery?
1: Yeah, back then. So we were if you look at our numbers when we opened, so we were the 14th distillery to open in North Carolina and listed as the 100th craft distillery to open in the nation. And we've seen this this boom now beyond. That. I think we have like 90 or 91 in North Carolina. Wow. Cutting edge.
2: Some go out of business. (laughs) Some start. Yeah. And then
1: the same thing in in the United States, there's uh, a couple thousand craft distilleries now, which is good because there's power in numbers. Because of that, we've been able to to overcome a lot of hurdles when it comes to um, federal taxation and then just laws within the state and what we can do
0: strengthen numbers as a ownership group or just in more distilleries kind of flooding the market? More
2: distilleries fighting the laws on this. Right.
1: right. It all turns into lobbyists. <laughs> that's yeah. Right. That's how it goes when you get something changed change you know, either you're doing the state lobbying or you're doing federal and that's the only way to get there. And every
2: state's different with their alcohol laws, which makes it tricky
0: as well. How how's North Carolina?
1: Pretty strict when we started but it's loosened up a lot. Yeah, it's yeah. better than people think it is um uh, because when we started, like like Matt just said, like we couldn't even sell the rum out of here. It Certainly <laughs> could not have a cocktail bar. So when we started, everything had to go to ABC. We couldn't so,
2: close uh, the deal. We could get them in here and give them a tour and sample and just pray they went to the ABC stores and bought a bottle.
0: Right. I kind of remember. And, and I was I was limited to one bottle. Do you, does that law still yeah, exist? yeah no, It started with zero and then became <laughs> one per person per year. Yeah. And we would have to scan the
1: barcode on your driver's yep. license, which was a nightmare, because Matt and I would be like, working together as a team, like, we had this scan app on your phone, and you'd go around and scan the barcode, and like, Matt would be ringing people in, and I would scan driver's license or vice versa, but you would hit somebody, and they'd be like, ah, this says 50 weeks, and they were like, oh yeah, we booked our vacation early. <laughs> you know, so you got gotta wait sales. a week. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, crazy. Then it went to, um, was it Five. Five per year. Per year, and then it became unlimited, and then they allowed us to open the cocktail bar. Okay, so that was the that's been the game. That changer. was a game changer. Yeah, and that's it's... when you saw a lot of distilleries really pop up. The cocktail bar, okay, you know, liquid to lips is always the best thing for you when you're a craft distiller. And it right, was, that's been a game changer. It's...
0: Does Hatter's Island still have that kind of semi-dry? No, they do yeah. have liquor
1: by the drink. They do. So, okay, I uh,
2: okay, cool. Manio just got it. <laughs> I mean. 2013 or 14 somewhere around there. Maybe. That's I crazy. Think, isn't yeah. it? That's so funny. They've come a long
1: way. <laughs> you don't have to work in we're, with your brown paper bag with your Yeah. Rum or your we're finally standard. catching up to the
0: <laughs> 21st century here. There's actually there's a cool podcast Dogfish Brewing up in Delaware mm-hmm. and they kind of started similarly like that. They they tried to open up a little brewery in Delaware and realized, "Oh, it's against the law." But he, they, he said Delaware was actually very friendly and conducive to manipulating and changing the law if, if somebody spoke up. So, um, Well,
1: that's like even here, uh, Uli from Weeding Radish. He was the game changer for brewing in North Carolina. First like, micro first
2: craft distillery. I mean, excuse me, brewery. brewery. Right. Yeah. Paved right. the way. Th- did that help you guys a little bit? Or just a so. sure. set sure. maybe? Yeah. Li- sure. At beer is definitely treated differently than yeah. hard liquor and when it pertains to laws, but it, it definitely helped. Pay okay. the way for it. Cool. So, um, is everything done on site?
1: Yes, it is. We actually uh, we
2: coined that. the slogan from molasses to glasses. Cool. So he's, he's the king of phrases.
1: Catch right for years. Years. Yeah, that's yeah. Yeah. We trademarked that, by the way. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, everything's
2: made on site. Yeah. Outstanding.
1: Yeah, we've never actually we've never ordered anything pre-made. We do everything from raw ingredient. Um, we are on pre-treatment on the raw ingredients. Everything's fermented, distilled, bottled, barrel aged. Everything's done on site.
0: And are your supplies? Do you, do you have special suppliers? Do you have I don't know? Is there special sugar that goes into this stuff?
1: We we use molasses typically for our rums, um, and we have a great relationship with our all of our suppliers. So gotcha. That's we don't have as many issues as they. We go through a whole lot. of molasses.
2: Different blends of molasses for depending on the style of rum. Some from okay. Louisiana. Some from the Caribbean. And then we do kind of our experimental batches we call the shipwreck series that lets Adam and Kelly back there ex- experiment with different fermentables where, where it, might pertain, it might be like a raw sugar like muscovato or demerara or something okay. like that we'll experiment with as well.
0: Okay, and those are small batches? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we usually hit like right around like
1: 1,400 bottles for our small batch.
0: Which leads me to my next question, uh, experimenting with different recipes. Are you guys always on the hunt? I mean, are you out on the trail, you know, going to the Caribbean and checking out new recipes or what?
1: We're always looking for different sugar sources, like Matt was saying about the Shipwreck series. And I like keeping my eyes on barrels. Uh, when I'm on the road a lot, I visit with other distilleries and I'm always trying to, to find these barrels that make the rum unique, but also get to tie in with friends of ours in the industry. And we've done different barrel exchanges and, and just
2: which is also great marketing right. but I, I will say we have a huge leg up I think with especially I mean I, I was kind of started out as a home brewer okay. more of a novice but Adam he graduated from Siebel Brewing School or you know our, our partner distiller and having that beer background has helped us out tremendously especially with the f- fermentation side of things kind of the science of it all mm-hmm. right cool
0: so are there are there like shows or contests that you take your rums to? We, we've entered some competitions and we've done really
1: well in our in our in the competition aspect of it. But really, we've we've gotten out of it lately just because you really want to do it for the feedback from the judges. And sometimes you just do it just, just to get a medal. I feel like, and it's just like, well, that's not why we're doing this. We want somebody who's a, a lot of the professional to give you their feedback so you can analyze what needs to change about your product. And if, if you remember our rum from day one when it came out, so our first release was May 5th, uh, 2015, and to now, it's basically not even the same product, I mean, Is that right? we're proud of it, what we came out with, was it good? No. <laughs> it just, yeah. it, we needed to work on it, so it was a good starting point, but we needed to get some professional input of how to change it to make it right, to make it to where, and we're always trying to make it better. Like, yeah, it's In our mind, yeah. every batch. we're our, our toughest critics. Like, there's nothing you can say to us that we don't already say to ourselves. <laughs> right. And so now I'm really, really proud of like the rum we're putting out because it's changed a whole lot and it's improved a lot.
2: We really dialed in our flagship silver pecan and what's soon to come out spiced. And the Shipwreck series lets us experiment and take what we learned to the, to the flagships. Right.
0: Very cool. Do you have a mentor? Do you have a guy that's like the godfather out there that you just, you know, chat with every now and then? Not that we
1: know. <laughs> like, uh, I mean, there's some rum distilleries out there that that we definitely look up to. I mean, everybody like Foursquare, Richard Seal. He's he's the man. There's, there's, Where's a, he at? Uh, he's in Barbados.
2: Maggie uh, Campbell that was once a privateer. She's since left and uh, yeah. she's yeah. about gay now.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's there's some people out there that they're just
0: um, pretty far away. And, yeah. Yeah. So, but it's. The so internet, the, you thing. got the internet to yeah, keep yeah. it <laughs> Right. Uh, so compared to other distilled liquors, is rum an easy uh, liquor to work with or create? I mean, how long does it take to make a batch of rum?
1: People people always say rum is easy because of the fermentation process, you're not mashing it. We don't have to do a conversion of long chain sugars into short chain sugars because its molasses is the byproduct of sugar <laughs> cane production. So it's already a simple sugar. So everybody loves to say that, that rum is easy in the, in the distilling world, but it's not. It, it's, it's easy to make bad. Bad rum is easy to make, but good rum is hard to make because it's, 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 it can be kind of fickle to, to work with. So I, I think that being said, it's, yeah, it's easy to make. Good to make, really hard to make, really make. easy to make
2: bad, yeah. bad rum, not easy to make good rum. Gotcha. Yeah, That's the best way to describe <laughs> okay. it. Okay. Um, and w- what's the best part of your job? I like talking to people and being on the front lines and like seeing them immediately stoked on the rum. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a cool thing to make something from scratch that people are stoked on.
0: True.
1: Yeah. See, like same same as Matt, but Matt and I are both the talkers of the group. But I really like if I'm if I'm out somewhere and someone's like, Yeah, I, I love. Like, I drink your rum every day after work, or like, my wife and I on the weekends make these drinks and like seeing how much people appreciate it and how far it spread has been yeah so rewarding to be out know, like. And there's times I'll be on the road and I could be in the mountains of Virginia and sit down at a bar and say, oh, what rum do y'all have back there? And someone recommended to me our rum. I'm like, wow, <laughs> thank you so much. Like it's it's yeah, rewarding. It's and also,
2: rewarding. me and him are kind of more the front marketing side. And we really thought about this as a brand. You know, like I kind of designed the logo and – it really um, tickles me to see all the people repping it and putting the stickers on their cars and even getting tattoos of it and stuff. It's pretty wild.
1: <laughs> right. I think my, one of my real favorite thing. I'm really a, a big history nerd, and I love that we try to keep, not only do we try to keep our product authentic, but we try to keep who we are and our brand authentic as well. We're not trying to pull the wool over anyone's eyes, but when you're, when you're here, if you come in, you sit at the bar, and you talk to Matt, and you sit there and you... Get this cocktail but like all around you we try to have history history of our area history of rum how it relates to the area and we, we want to give you that authentic experience so when you leave here you're like wow i'm a part of it because right. we want to be part of the community
2: integrity is a big that word for us right yeah. we make it from scratch and we have a real backstory that's really cool yeah you know
1: right and you know, there's shipwreck pieces all around the, the mantle back there that's from 1652 is that right and that was from the HMS John and then we have the wreck of the Irma the, the big ship's wheel right when you walk in you know there's nice. authentic pieces of Outer Banks history and that's the original flag from the late 40s from the um when they would do the the pirate jamboree oh yeah in the and, older
2: yeah. locals have embraced us and they give us all their artifacts and stuff to put up which <laughs> yeah, is really awesome cool. And also the big thing about the shipwreck series, too, is we dedicate it to a local shipwreck. I've seen that. Yeah. Uh, which is just draws the history into it, which Scott's great at. And so we can kind of talk about the shipwreck and a uh, rescue mission attached to it or whatever leading up to the release, which makes it fun.
0: Yeah. And I saw that on your website, uh, there's a little synopsis on each of the shipwrecks. and Very cool. I definitely like it. A
1: lot of that comes from, uh, from students, the ECU Maritime Studies Association. We've got them involved, and they come out, and they always send students out here to try to to catalog artifacts and trying to work on these shipwrecks but including them we can raise money to get these students out here and they always like to, to write reports on it and give us all these reports on shipwrecks and all the the fascinating history of it and just seeing how much they've embraced it yeah. and having them on our side to me just creates more of that authenticity too and it, it gives back to the students that are really Perpetuating our heritage out here as well,
2: and just just the Outer Banks alone is just just being in the Outer Banks alone, just, it Rome just makes perfect sense, and we have so oh, totally. much to
0: play with. Oh, totally, and that was one of my questions: is you know what kind of history preservation are you guys doing? And I think you've already explained that. Um, you just, you know, you've maintained that connection with Kill Devil and right. the It even goes robbed. down to this
2: building that was built in 1946 <laughs> and has a lot of history in itself.
1: Right.
0: Yeah. It, it's, it was, it's great. This wouldn't work in a strip mall, you know?
1: Right. <laughs> Preservation is huge for us. Like Matt said, like when we bought this building, this building had, it was built in 46. It had been, um, it had been a furniture store, an apartment store. It was Dare County Board of Education and it sat empty for 10, 11 years, somewhere around that. And I like the idea of bringing back a building as opposed to just there's a lot of bulldozing going on you know around here let's let's just bring back some of the things that need to have some life
2: I feel like we uncovered our own treasure here because we were ripping up everything. We found beautiful wood floors that our partner, Kelly's dad, was able to repurpose into our bar. Nice. That's the old Cypress. you know. We were really able to repurpose some of the wood we took out. And all this was covered with green shag carpet. You know? No way. Like, it's, you couldn't see any of the brick. <laughs> the brick wasn't exposed. So it was kind of uncovering
0: treasure. That's awesome. Even the front
1: yeah. door is the original Cypress floor door.
0: Is it really? Yeah. It looks great. Um, yeah, I love I love hat. I mean, what am I saying? I love Manio. I love coming down here, walking around. Uh, you know, and I always make sure I drive by at least drive by here to, to you know just check it out. And I try to pop my head in from time to time. Um, you definitely have a special thing going on here. Who are your uh, typical customers that you see? We kind of talked about that briefly beforehand, but what kind of people do you see, especially in the summertime? A
1: lot of, a lot of families coming here. Um... We're definitely a family-friendly place. I mean, obviously, there's not much for kids to do here, really, because of, you know, we're a liquor factory. So, um, But we get people from all... We've had people from all 50 states. We've had people from all over the world in here, and it's and it's fun to, to talk to all of them. But we get people who are really searching out, I'd say, more of a, a, a better spirit. The, the are, are, you know, they got into craft beer maybe a few years ago, and now they're getting away from the more mass-produced brands that are out there because they want something... With uh, they want to, you know, like I said, be a part of it, or they want to taste something a little bit more to their taste buds. We don't add any sugar to our, our any of our rums, so we're not like a sweet, sugary, mm-hmm. like you're gonna dump it in a big tank at a party kind of thing. You know, if people are looking for a better, better rum, a better cocktail, and I think we give them that experience. And a real they want to see the store, they want to.
2: Yeah, we're a destination for someone you know, Outer Banks yeah. pe- vacationers, yeah. especially on a rainy day when there's maybe not as much to do on the Outer Banks. Yeah. We're a good al- alternative, and you know, and we throw in the history and, and have fun with it.
0: Yeah, I you know, I used to own Kitty Hawk Water Sports, and you know, I, I, I specific, specifically recall a, a phone call from a guy who he was having a little bachelor thing on a, on a pontoon boat. It was rainy, that was canceled. So he said, "What else should I do?" I said, "Well, you know, there's a distillery." You might want to check it out. It'd be a good place to hang out with the guys and just you know try some different rums. So, and he appreciated that that little tip. So that that's word of there.
2: word of mouth is incredible on the Outer Banks. Yeah. You know, if you're on vacation, just go talk to your
0: bartender. Right. And that's what to do. <laughs> yeah. And we're blessed that they send them our way, which which kind of leads me to the next one. Uh, the wedding niche. Um, uh, are you guys embracing the wedding niche at all? Like with. Bachelor parties or bachelorette parties or anything like that? We do get those from time to time. And
1: downtown Mania is a big wedding destination. So we have people a few weeks ago, or maybe a couple months ago now, uh, we had a, a bride come in here and take pictures. Next we've had that almost. multiple <laughs> times. Just uh, fans of the
2: room wanting to yeah. get photo
1: shoots here. Yeah, we've done that. Um,
2: the biggest yeah. way we get into that, though, because we don't have that big of a building or, or bar to hold you know, rehearsal dinners or anything. We don't have a kitchen either. So the, the main way we really capitalize on that is really from our beverage director, Matt Joyner. Um, the bride and groom-to-be will usually come in here. They're fans of our rum. They want to use it at, at, in their, yep. at, at their rehearsal or at their party. And he'll go with them and come up with a custom cocktail.
0: Yeah,
2: He's great with that for, for their wedding. Very cool.
0: Yeah. Do you, what was I going to say? Oh, Do you serve food here?
1: We do not. Uh, on Saturdays, we have a stick-burning barbecue outside. Warren's a good friend of ours. We've all been friends. Like I said, we've all been friends with these people for forever and ever and ever. And so he sets up and does barbecue on weekends.
2: Thursdays and Saturdays in the summer. But yeah, food trucks and then we just have little snacks. Yeah.
0: Uh, but not, no kitchen. What can, what can people expect when they stop in here?
1: Good rum and a great cocktail and a good And <laughs> education. Yeah.
2: yeah. We were all about teaching them about, about our product. Right. Do you guys do live music at all? Not really, not not yet. Uh, that's something we want to look into, but again, space is an issue, and that's why we're expanding the bar.
1: <laughs> Our next thing that we're doing, we, we did it with Mark Corbett a couple weeks ago. He's a, a diver. From I know Mark. He's a great guy. So he he did a presentation where on the TV he he had all these pictures of different shipwrecks, yep. and he told his story about diving on these shipwrecks. And we probably had sixty, seventy people here to hear him who were In really the off season right enthusiastic <laughs> about. What he had to say and like how it tied into us, and then it really kicked off an idea that it'd be nice every couple of weeks to have a different um, legendary local. will right. try to come in here and tell their story. Of, you know what they do, what makes you know that's what really makes this place tick. You know? Oh, it's it's here it, by the
0: way.
1: <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> Maybe we'll get Buddy Creep on it too. He's got some good stories. There you um, go. <laughs> so we, you know, we're
2: something we to do in the off season. I right. think I found that a lot of locals are looking for stuff to do because yep. a lot of stuff does close down.
1: Yeah. And we want to hear these stories, you know, and so does everybody else. You know, that's
0: the that's the. So that's a
2: big, moving forward with the expansion, when we reopen, we're going to keep that a regular
0: thing. So, so let's talk about the expansion. What's going on here? A lot. <laughs>
1: we're building a warehouse uh, tied onto the building. So like if you face our building to the left, I guess it will be the east side of the building. It's going to be our barrel-aging warehouse. Uh, Once that
2: a big storage unit they just picked up. So. Yeah.
1: Uh, that's gone and so is everybody else in the town. But it's gonna be a beautiful uh, addition to the building. Our new still is four times the size of the one we've been working with. So right now we distribute North Carolina, Virginia, DC, New York, and Florida, but we're completely maxed out. So this is gonna allow us to not only take on new markets, but also really push harder in the markets we're already in. Yeah. You know, so that's gonna right. be a
0: good thing.
2: And adding the spice room to the portfolio is also what's gonna let us do right. another
0: year-round product. Gotcha. It, it, is that because it's a popular beverage that people want? I, mean, I feel
2: like it's the one niche we're not hitting yeah. is people, that people ask
0: for. Yeah. What's the coolest drink you've seen or that Matt makes over there that uses your rum?
2: That's a tough one because they're all so different and good.
0: Uh, he's a, he's Matt, a, Matt, what's your favorite drink to make? I would
1: say uh,
0: classic uh, kind of fruit. Forward rum punch style cocktails with that like kind of a, a variation or a, a kind of a modernized twist on it, and then the rum uh, old fashions that we've been doing have been a real big hit. Rum punch and a rum old fashioned. Yeah, uh, just kind of yeah, shaking kind of um, fruit forward rum cocktails that are kind of classic that people know and love. Yeah, and good good summer drink. Great summer cocktails, refreshing. Uh, and then those uh, kind of more spirit forward rum old fashions that you can kind of go so many directions with. Right. And, um, yeah, those are a big hit as well. Cool. Have you guys been on the road and seen anything like, wow, you know, that's, that's oh, yeah. kind of interesting. We're lucky. We have
1: some great accounts, uh, that really do some amazing drinks with our rum. That's been, a, that's been fun to try. During the holiday times, four restaurants here convert to being, um, Christmas bars, so right. Little we'll pop-up bars. Up bars. Are, um, <sighs> right. Mama Kwan's and Goombays, and I think this past December was trying to kill me because I'd be like, "Well, I gotta go try all these." <laughs> they made, made such great drinks with our rum, and I was like, "I gotta try them all every day." And Very like, festive at cocktails. The end, I was like I, I need to like pump the brakes here. Like, <laughs> some great drinks out there. Now,
0: backing up a little bit because you mentioned you're traveling all over the place, pushing sales, um, and then and I know every state is a little bit different. Are there? W- how are you spreading the word in these different states? Um, are we just do, trying to get into different stores.
1: Right, we do have a distribution company we work with. Uh, Republic National R&DC is our di- distribution company. Tony Yorsoni is our sales manager. He lives out in Raleigh, so he can be on the road all the time and really cover more ground than I can for being right. out here. Um, you know, for a while, when we first started this, it was just four of us and we all wore a lot of hats. And so everybody, you're in here working, you're on the road, you were doing these. It was pretty wild. I mean, There was times I would be in Charlotte work a, a nighttime event, and drive back through the night because we just didn't have the people. You know, we also didn't have the money because it was like a hotel room wasn't gonna happen. Right, so right. it was, uh, it, those were some interesting times. But really you just wanna get it into the stores and then you wanna get it, get it. get like the awareness that the product is there. I talk to people every day and they're like, oh, I wish I could get this, but I live in Virginia. I'm like, you can, it's at your ABC store. Go to the rum section, it is there. Right. Please go look for it. Um, so just a brand awareness.
0: Great. Right. Yeah. Do you ever think about, so, me, I kind of know where our clientele comes from, Pennsylvania is a big place, Jersey, New York, are you looking at that I-95 corridor going north? We are, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, that's our big thing as we're expanding, Maryland, Pennsylvania, Ohio, New Jersey, huge. It's where they all
2: travel right? down from, yeah. yeah. that's our main tourist clientele for sure, yeah. you know. Yep, yeah.
0: excellent. All right, well, kind of wrapping it up, uh, anything we should look for, anything you want to promote? Well, we have some new rums coming out, like Matt said. We have the Spice Rum that's going to be another flagship,
1: uh, really di- uh, dialing that in. We have some extended-age rums as well. Our oldest barrels now were filled in uh, November of 2015, and they're still sitting back there. So we're going to have some some five-year-plus five, five year plus rum coming out that's going to be fun to work with. And our our, our shipwreck series are always exciting because we have... Madeira barrels, mezcal barrels. And we have always something wine. different. Yeah, it's always it's fun.
2: exciting time for us with this expansion. Nice. Uh, but real quick, just um, about the cocktails here too, because I yeah. think what we're, what Matt does a really good job with on all of them is they're not overly sweet. Okay. Like everything is well balanced. Because I think a lot of people when they think of rum drinks, think of sweet syrupy cocktails, yep. and they don't have to be. And that's partly it has to do with our rum not being sweet to start out with. But, yeah. Why ruin the taste of the rum? Exactly. I'm covering it up
0: with all that other stuff. So, excellent. So, if, if they want to get your product, uh, whether it's swag or um, uh, liquor, w- w- what should we, uh, where should people look?
1: OuterBanksDistilling.com. Uh, also, our social media pages, Facebook and Instagram, is Outer Banks Distilling is our name on that. Um, ABC stores, you can find us everywhere. Um, North Australia, Carolina and Virginia. Virginia. Uh, you can order it online. If you go to our website, there's a direct link. It takes you to seller.com, which is uh, it's based in Washington, D.C. We can't sell liquor online in North Carolina. Okay. They can, so one of our accounts does that. We just direct you to them and you can yep. order it from them. Uh, and then Matt does a great job with all the merchandise in the, in the store, so you can find some really cool things. In there.
2: Using a lot of local artists that live here. Yep. They do a lot of our T-shirts and stuff, which has been fun. Excellent. Love the logo.
0: It looks great. Thank you. Well, guys, I appreciate you sitting down with me.
1: Thank you for having
0: us on. It's been a good time. Thank you. You bet. I want to thank the guys from Hover Rump for sitting down and talking with me. Great group of guys. I appreciate their hospitality at the bar. They have a great product that they're putting out, and they're very enthusiastic about that, and I really admire that in business owners. So be sure to check them out. Also, don't forget to check out my website, TreasuresOfTheOuterBanks.com. Be sure to sign up for my weekly emails. I send out notices whenever I have a new podcast coming out. And every Friday, I send out an email called Ready for an Outer Banks Weekend. It has local news, some of my observations, and things that are going on. So be sure to sign up for that. Until next time, make it a good one.